Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of We Believe to You, a paranormal podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Eric. And today's guest is Monty Prescott from the Corpus Christi Spook Central. And uh, it was funny because I, we have a friend who's also a paranormal investigator who recently shared one of uh, one of your all's videos, the one at the Bla- at Blackbeard, because I think he just he just investigated Blackbeard. And uh, and then I got a, an invite to join the group and I was like, hey, let me see if they want to jump on the call with us because we'd love to, We love having paranormal investigators on. It's they've always got the best stories. So without further ado, Monty, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit more? Well, first off, thank you guys so much for having me here on your podcast. Um, I'm, my name is Monty Prescott. I've been a paranormal investigator going on 18 years with Corpus Christi Spook Central. And now we are in our season two production with Scripps Media for Texas's newest paranormal television show, South Texas Haunts. So Eric and I, you know, obviously before uh, jumping on this call with you, we were like, okay, well, we have to figure out like what you guys are all about and uh, watched a few of your your YouTube videos. And, and I mean, paranormal investigators are great and all, but when they're from Texas, it's <laughs> and then when they're from South Texas, where we're also from, it just bonus points to to hear like the history of where we grew up or the area that we kind of you know grew up or familiar with i guess i should say yeah because um, we visited yeah. obviously corpus christi many many times yeah as youngsters that now that we're a little bit older i don't think i've gone as often i, I did go maybe about a year ago but uh yeah it's 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 fun to hear that history stuff that you we probably don't really know you know what i mean Corpus is a pretty good little hotbed of paranormal activity. Um, we we cut our teeth in down at Heritage Park, doing ghost tours and uh, public paranormal investigations, allowing people to come in and actually experience the paranormal. And uh, everybody has questions. And we just try to be as normal and just outreaching as possible. So hopefully they feel some type of connection to find the answers that maybe they're looking for. Yeah. And, and I always feel too, uh, you know, with, let's say like ghost tours and stuff like, a, 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 I think I just actually said this in the last episode, like a good chunk of ghost tours are, are like history lessons essentially too, you know, you're learning about these places and why these specific ghosts could possibly be there. Um, but how do you get, well, yeah, I'll just say this. How do you guys go around or go about getting that kind of information and incorporating that to the investigation? And, and Well, like we tell everybody, you can't have paranormal without history. You can't have history without paranormal. They go side by side. And uh, we do try to keep the history a little bit secret to our investigators before the investigation. So if we get a piece of evidence that they know nothing about the person that was there or passed away or the history or the urban legend of what happened at this location, and they come back with something like, well, I got this name. Well, hold up a second. We did the historical research. We got this name in our historical research. There's no way the other person knew about it. So it only confirms something possibly there. Do you go in with historians or just do your own research like on the internet? We, or have we- you- we actually do both. We have people with uh, independent groups that like to pass along history. And if we're doing something, they'll, they'll jump in and help out. We actually have a historical researcher. It's a part of the team also that she goes in and she does historical research. But uh, we compile it all together and we put it into a file. And then after the investigation, once we go through the evidence and uh, 
then we kind of let that historical research come out and it kind of unfolds during the show. Okay. So then I was going to go ahead and jump in. I, I should have asked this first, but then I just like, again, paranormal investigators are always fun to have on. And then I kind of skipped ahead like five steps, but <laughs> um, the, the first question that I was going to usually ask is what was your very first paranormal experience that, that you can remember or that kind of turned you into or turned you on to like all of, I guess this world, right? Well, uh, growing up as a child, I lived in a house where uh, it was my grandfather's house. A lot of his his parents passed away within the house, and uh, we had another family relative pass away in the house. So as a kid, I always saw stuff. You know, I never could explain it. Just it scared me as a kid. And, and I remember one time I came home from school, and I walked through the front door, and he had this old big heater inside the house, and then he had a clothes basket sitting on top of it. And I watched it levitate, move over, and drop. I can't explain it. It was in midair, like someone was picking it up. And I remember I looked at him and said, did you see that? He goes, yeah, I saw it pick it up just like it was nothing to him. And uh, as the years went on and I started noticing more and more, and of course I'm a huge Ghostbuster fan. So, you know, that's how it starts for a lot of investigators. You want the proton pack, you want to strap it on and go get a ghost. And uh, throughout the years, probably uh, back in 2004 is kind of when we started forming a group. My mother and I started forming a group. Uh, we had a shop here in Corpus Christi, Texas. I did automotive restoration on classic cars and uh, I started noticing things happening. I could hear disembodied voices and uh, we started doing the historical research. And the research was that uh, I don't remember the year was it, but there used to be a house there and there was a tunnel that was actually used for grain elevators, but they actually smuggled slaves through there. As the house tore down, years went by, they put a shop there, and it actually stored fatality vehicles. So we set up cameras and stuff like that, and then there was a group here in Corpus, and uh, they came over, they investigated. It was just about the time Jason and Grant started doing their ghost hunter stuff, <laughs> and my mom's like, this is so cool, we need to join this, and I was like, I don't know about this, and my dad goes, if your mother's doing it, you're doing it, you're going to go. So I was oh like, my okay. God. <laughs> so I got dragged into it. Um. They really didn't do much but have meetings. And I'm sitting here watching Ghost Hunters and it's like, okay, I see these these guys going out to all these amazing locations. I want that. I want to go. I want to see something. So uh, we're actually, uh, this coming Monday will be our 18th anniversary because on July 4th, I went to my mom and I said, hey, well, how does Corpus Christi Spook Central sound? She's like, oh, that's amazing. What group is that? And I said, it's us. She looked at me like I was crazy. She's like, no, we can't do this. Like, we got this. We got this. And what's funny is that so many years later, uh, they were showing Ghostbusters in the movie theater. And we're sitting there, and I'm with my fiance, my mom's on the other side, and Dan Aykroyd gets to that part where he goes, your girlfriend lives at the corner of Spook Central. Middle of the theater, she turns to me and goes, so that's where you got it. So <laughs> That's all. I didn't even, and, like, watch that until. So thank you for <laughs> bringing that in. But yeah, we we hit the ground running. Um, we hooked up with the city of Corpus Christi. We started doing public paranormal investigations and ghost tours and every single dollar and cent that we made from that went right back to the city. We don't accept any donations or monetary value at all. We're all about helping out organizations here in Corpus, historical organizations, children organizations, and, uh, just giving back as much as we can to the community that's given us so much. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, uh, <clears throat> Yeah, watching, I guess, watching some other shows that I feel kind of go over the top for, like, profit, knowing that you guys are investigating just 
to give back to your community and like your city that's yeah that's on another level so i applaud you guys for that that's awesome well i i got to meet jason and grant when they came down to investigate the uss lexington uh jason was nice not very friendly but nice but Grant took his time, and he he actually had a com- I actually had a conversation with him. He said, "There is no money in the paranormal. If that's what you're looking for, you're not going to find it." And uh, he, the other advice he gave me, he goes, "If you make it your first year, you're doing great. If you make it your second year, you've got it made." We're going at 18 years, and now on a television show here in Texas. So his advice definitely went a long way. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. That definitely, like, I, 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 at least I definitely get that vibe. Like whenever I would watch him, I. F- like Grant was always my favorite of the two, just because I felt like, you know, uh, Jason would be a little bit more like to himself. Not really like I, Grant definitely gives off the vibe that he uh, would be like super friendly and stuff like that. He, def- he definitely was. He was yeah. super friendly and just any advice, any questions, he's willing to sit there for hours and talk. Jason, on the other hand, uh, at the time, he just cared about having a cigarette. So, <laughs> Oh, my goodness. And I think it's awesome that you're doing this with your mom, because we've we've talked to a lot of people, too, who, you know, we've been like, so how did your parents take it? And a lot of times they were just like, ah, well, you know, they didn't really, you know, believe them or or stuff like that. So for you to be doing this with, you know, with your mom and and I thought it was it was awesome, too, because I think I was watching one of the episodes and I think you, you said something about, yeah, when mom was down in this area or something like that, I was like, oh, shit, his mom is on the show with him. That's that's awesome. We definitely we keep it a, a, a definitely a family type of show where it's a lot of families involved. This is actually how I met my fiance was doing uh, ghost tours down at Heritage Park. We were doing a ghost tour one night. And uh, as she would tell the story, she sees me sitting behind the computer. She tells her girlfriend, she goes, who's that nerdy guy behind the computer? We've been together now for 11 years. Oh, so she she's like those words haunt me every day and now she's a part of this and uh, she's the public relations manager for the television show and corpus Christi spook central oh my goodness ghost bringing people together with love that's like the cutest thing ever <laughs> i love that um so it's then kind of going back to like you you know your mom being a part of it too was this just normal and okay in your household from the very beginning like did you ever have or did your parents ever say like well, like uh, it was a nightmare. Oh, like that's you're imagining it or whatever. Or were they always pretty open about that? It was always pretty open about it. My uh, my grandparents uh, always believed in the paranormal. There was always uh, stories, incidences. Uh, there was one time there was a hurricane. My my uh, my great grandmother had passed away, but yet my mom, of course, she was younger and. Uh, saw her close the door, walk over to her saying, you know, honey, it's going to be okay. And she disappeared. So it's always been in the family of something, you know, that you can't explain or loved ones that's gone, you know, that's gone and then come back. Uh, Another story that I have that's something that I personally can't explain. I was younger. My grandfather had passed away and it only been about a year. And uh, my friend Carlos and I were in the backyard. It was late. We were probably up to no good. And uh, we we're just goofing around. And all of a sudden, from the back window of the house, we heard my grandfather's voice go, Monty, Carlos, it's late. You boys don't need to be outside. You need to come in. I looked at him. He looked at me. And I said, you know who that was, right? He goes, yep. He never came back to my house ever again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he walked on the other side of the street. He never walked on, on towards the, my house. And uh so it's always just been really accepted. And my mom, she had a lot more passion. I had a passion for it, but she had more of the passion. And it just kind of grew over time after doing this. And uh, 
it's it's just it's grown into more of a passion than what it first started it's and then the life that it's taken you know where we are now and the things that we've done so it's it's definitely amazing from where we've been to where we're going and and everything in between was it for you i guess a lot of but before you became an investigator uh, experience of like family members or was there also just kind of random spirits i guess you could say um, it was mostly family members um I, I remember seeing a woman I'm, when I was really young. My mom told me about this. Um, I remember looking down the hallway in my grandfa- my grandparents' house, and I saw a woman standing down there. And I told my mom, of course, I'm, I don't remember how old I am, but I told my mom, who's that woman? Who's that woman? And she goes, what woman? There's no one there. And uh, she would bring me a picture. Uh, a picture. She goes, is this the woman? I said, yeah, that's the woman. Of course, I didn't know who it was, and I was young, and I don't remember it. But... Uh, I don't know. Maybe there's always been something that I've kind of been in tune. I don't, I don't think I'm like a psychic or a sensitive or anything like that, but I think there's always just that thing you can't explain where you notice something, you see something, you feel something. Uh, and I've had it since I was a kid. Sometimes I would ignore it. Sometimes it would scare me. And now I've learned to kind of just live with it. And now I go into spooky buildings looking for it. <laughs> I think that's, that's, uh, I mean, we've talked about it before. That's, um, how, how do you get over that? Is it just, just by doing it just by getting over that fear is what I'm trying to say. Um, just doing it over and over. You just kind of get used to it or, you know, cause I know it's something that we've talked about where like, we've also like experienced things or seen things. And we're kind of like, we have that apprehension. We have that kind of like little tiny bit of fear that we're like, oh, I don't know, man, if I see something, I'm going to freak out. And then, you know, we, we've like, we've talked to, to a lot of investigators and they're, and then I'm like, man, I wish I had your all's bravery where I could just go into a place, not care. And, and, you know, you know, just have a good time trying to investigate a, a place or something, you know? I think, um, there are a few and far between investigators who just are hardcore and nothing scares them. I would say at least 80% of investigators they have the apprehension there, there, there's some fear. I mean, they would be, I, I don't know. It, to me, every investigator I've met, there is a fear walking into a building, being startled, seeing something. Um, the more you do do it, you know, it does get a little easier. It's, it's when that moment of something touches you that you're not like, no, 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 I don't want to be touched. Yeah. Back <laughs> off. Yeah. Um, you know, I can deal with voices. I can see something. Don't touch me. But, um, you get startled. It happens. And like I tell everybody, it's, it's normal. Don't ever look at like, Oh, I'm a paranormal investigator. And I, you know, I don't get scared. And then all of a sudden you get spooked and you look down on it's like, no, you know what? It, it happens. I've been scared on investigations before. I've seen things pop out that I cannot explain that just startles me. And, uh, you know, that's what makes it interesting. But at the same time, it's like, okay, yeah, I got startled. Now it's time to go back. It's time to find out <laughs> what, what's going on over here. Why did this happen? Debunk it. If you can't debunk it, it might freak you out a little bit more than what it started with. But hey, at least you have an answer to what's going on. But yeah, it it happens. I get startled. Uh, My mom, she's one of those people where she's hardcore. Nothing really scares her. It's be afraid of the living versus the dead. Um, My fiance, Shauna, she's scared of mannequins, which... uh, (laughs) She got scared at Yorktown Memorial Hospital. Someone shined a light, and I guess they did a haunted house there. And she saw the mannequins, and it spooked her, and she took off running. And I will never let her forget it. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, I mean, like on uh, one of the episodes where you investigated a house, like for me, if I would have seen the camera move the way it did and then heard the EVP immediately after that camera moving, that was something along the lines of like, I'm here, I'm here for the child or something like that. Yeah. That would have probably been like one of those where like, I don't know if I want to go back into this place. That was actually featured on the, that investigation was actually featured on the Discovery Channel show, A Haunting, uh, titled Stalked by Evil. Um, that, you know, that investigation wasn't scary at all. You, you watch the episode and it's like, oh, that must have been terrifying. I'm like, no, it's kind of a boring night. They wow. really played it up for television. Um, and my mom didn't get choked the way they showed it on TV. She just kind of, you know, it's getting hard to breathe. Maybe you need to come out of there. And of course the joke, I, when all that came out, I guess on ghost hunters, it was run, do run. And people started teasing me. It's an orb. Get out of the way. It's an orb. Get out of there. And I'm like, no, oh, man, no. way overplayed that for television. But, um, that investigation, it wasn't as spooky as it was. The evidence was a lot more, um, made your hair stand up a little bit more versus the investigation. Those are some of the best ones where you go on an investigation and nothing happens. And all of a sudden it's uh, like, wow, okay. That evidence is so much better than the investigation. That's surprising. And Blackbeards is another one of those. Uh, we've investigated Blackbeards probably maybe five, six times and nothing compares to that first night. And we were the first ones to ever investigate Blackbeards on the beach. And uh, ever since then we get little evidence here and there. But it doesn't compare to the first night, the the very first time we went where we got the apparition and we got the unexplained whistling and stuff like that. Have you tried to like recreate, like, was it a full moon or was it like a certain time of like day or night, I guess, or like time of the year or have it's, is it just kind of random every time? It's random every time. Um, you know, it's, it's like going hunting. Sometimes you get skunked and sometimes you, you, you bag something and you always hope to get something you know, over the top, you know, of course an apparition is the Holy grail. Any paranormal investigator will tell you getting an apparition or some type of, uh, intelligent communication is your, your Holy grail evidence. And, uh, I've only gotten a, a, an apparition three times and over 18 years, you know, people watch like ghost hunters and stuff like that. And they think, wow, it's, it's hopping all the time. Nope. You're there for pretty much about 12 hours. And at least half that time is just like, Okay, if there's anybody here, make your presence known. You, you just kind of get in that reputation of like, okay, just can we, we want to see something? Come on. You know, it, it's, 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 it's boring half of the time, but then there's a one investigation that keeps you going back. And it's like, yeah, that was worth it. That one, I like that one. Let's go back to that one. Let's check it out. Yeah, I think that's that's a kind of a consensus that we've, uh, that a lot of like a lot of the people we've talked to have come to like, if you're coming into this expecting to have experiences or like what you see on, you know, ghost adventures or shows like that, then you're not really tempering your expectations. Like you're, you're, you're going there with very, very, very high expectations as to what it's actually going to be. Exactly. Um, you know, it's like with South Texas haunts when we were approached by scripts media to go ahead and they're like, we want to produce and put out a brand new television show here in Texas called South Texas haunts showing real investigators investigating real places. And I, you know, it was pretty much off the cuff. Like it's boring a lot of the time, you know, I know you're, you since a lot, you know, you want it over the top, you know, exercise the demons and toilets banging up and down that this doesn't happen. I'm sorry, but there are moments you get good evidence. And it was kind of like, 
we want to be real. You know, we want to show people, we want to showcase the history because people are interested in the history and we want to showcase real investigating. And uh, for the past two years, we've done a live on Halloween night and that really shows people like we could be here for hours and not get anything. It's just, it's not what you see on, on like the bigger networks and stuff like that, because I want it to be real. I want it to just be raw and just show, you know, if you want to become a paranormal investigator, be prepared to spend hours going through video hours, going through audio. And at the end of it, maybe not get anything. Hmm. So then when, when you are there, like, is, are there pieces of like EVPs that say like, is there EVPs or I guess apparitions as well that you think that maybe it's like been a crappy night, you guys haven't gotten anything. And then you go back and listen or rewatch and you're like, Oh, holy shit. This is, you know, crazy amount of evidence that we got at this place even though it seemed quiet there was one investigation that we'd gone that that's kind of happened um it was actually the old uh yoka memorial hospital in yokum texas we were called in to investigate and uh we hadn't really done a lot of history at, at that point we kind of went in blind and throughout the night we had a few experiences here and there nothing to to ooh and ah. it's a abandoned hospital you're expecting tons and tons of experiences there wasn't the really the first night but upon evidence review we got a name that says uh i'm dr trot and you're like okay hmm that's interesting we got a name so let's see if that name attaches to anything and it actually did the history backed up the evidence there was a dr trot there he actually uh had a heart attack he uh delivered babies in the hospital he had a heart attack and they flew him for whatever reason i don't know why they flew him from Yoakum all the way to Houston, but in mid-flight, he passed away. So we got the evidence. We did the history part. And, of course, we were talking to law enforcement because there's another piece of evidence that I'll, I'll talk about in just a second. But we were able to get in contact with his daughter. And she was like, I want to hear this EVP. So we bring her in. We're in the hospital. We're in where his little area was, where his office was. And I played the EVP, and she literally tears started rolling down her face. And she goes, that's my daddy. Wow. And so we go into the room where he would deliver babies and she's in there. And of course I won't go into a lot of the stuff that she brought up, but she brought up a lot of emotions that she had for her father and didn't have for her father. And had a lot of questions, but that room and that energy, I don't know if it was just that moment or what, but it just, you felt like you weren't meant to be there to see this witnesses, any of it. Uh, the other story that, uh, that goes with the evidence. We'd actually gone again. I think we went maybe six or seven times. That's how cool the place this was. Uh, it's closed now. They're not letting anybody in back into it. But on the second floor, there was a murder. This guy was distraught. Uh, his wife was leaving him. And uh, he goes up to there and goes, where's my wife at? She's on the second floor. He goes up, she comes out and she's like, you're not supposed to be here. You're not supposed to be here. And he doesn't say a word to her. All of a sudden, he pulls a gun out, point blank range, and he kills her right there. Of course, the urban legend, the spot returns where the blood, where she fell every time they replaced the carpet. So uh, we're, we're investigating that area. And all of a sudden on EVP, we didn't know this until, you know, once we got back to Corpus, but we hear, boom, and it echoes down the hallway. Wow. And it sounds like when you said that. Yeah. It sounds like a shotgun. It sounds like a round loading the, the, the it cocking back and boom, sounds like a shotgun. So I called up to PD and I talked to the officer who he was a rookie at the time was his first murder case. And I asked him, I said, what was the weapon used uh, for that crime? He goes, Oh, I can remember like it was yesterday. It was a 12 gauge pump shotgun. 
I played that for him. He never went back to that hospital. Wow. So it was it was like a residual type of haunting. It playing itself over and over and over. And I even got an EVP in that same area of a man and a woman where he goes, I need help. And she goes, no, I don't want to. Now, of course, when he was arrested after the murder, he was he went back to the jail. They, they put him in jail and he hung himself that night. Oh, damn. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's the yeah, story just gave me like, like damn. <laughs> full body chills. <clears throat> yeah. So then, um, how do you how do you feel about? Uh, I, I I assume you believe in like residual versus like uh, like intelligent, intelligent. hauntings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So, so do you, have you found any sort of like um, pattern or like certain places may have like residual versus like a this places tend to have like a, an intelligent or, you know, do they intermix or like what, I mean, what's your experience with, with either or. I, I do believe they intermix. I think that you can have any location that has an intelligent or residual type of haunting more residual. I have found um, historical locations have more residual like battlefields, uh, ships, uh, jails, hospitals, um, residentials. I found more intelligent stuff with the residentials, more trying to get a message or trying to make some type of communication. But I think anything that's kind of reputitious, it, it's, it's more, uh, you know, historical. So that's, yeah. that's more residual versus uh, intelligent type of hauntings. So <clears throat> I have a question. Uh, what, how much activity does there have to be in a place for you to consider it haunted? Because I heard you say this a couple times in a couple videos, and I've heard Grant say it as well, where there's like evidence in a place. Uh, you get EVPs like "Hello" uh, in the, in the theater and stuff like that, and they've had multiple experiences and stuff like that. Um, but you say there's paranormal activity, but I don't consider this place haunted. What what has to happen, or what's your definition of I guess haunted? Because, like, for me, like, if something like that happened, I'd be like, yeah, this place is haunted. Well, I think I think Yoakum is haunted. Um, I, I know I, I do get a little uh, people like, well, this is haunted. It's like, well, if I get a couple EVPs or an orb, uh, I, it, to me, it's it, it's different levels of paranormal activity. You could, you know, light paranormal activity to heavy paranormal activity. But when you have something that's intelligent, manifesting, disembodied voices, um, objects moving, to me, when you get into that realm, that's being haunted. You know, I don't like walking into a place just because, oh, man, this is, I mean, I've walked in even with the show where places like this is one of those haunted places I've been to. And it's like, well, you may have that evidence of it being haunted. I don't. So I can't say it's haunted, but I do think there's paranormal activity here just means there, there needs to be more investigating. Everybody has their own opinion. And I'd like to keep that open mind where, you know, other groups are, everything's haunted. You know, everything isn't to me, isn't haunted. It, it has paranormal activity or may not have any paranormal activity. And uh, I just try to keep it as real as possible as my opinion. That's what I tell everybody. It's, it's just my opinion. You know, other groups can come through here and they could get a holy girl apparition or they can get uh, a victorian lady saying come have some tea and i mean if you get it on video great you know you've got something that constitute a haunting but uh i don't i, I don't know maybe maybe i do blame grant a little bit on that that i don't like <laughs> saying everything's haunted but yeah. um it, it takes a little bit for me to say something is truly haunting 
but I'm always willing to go back and I'm always willing to reinvestigate to try to gather more evidence because that's what we're all here for. It's trying, we'll never have that answer. You know, what's after this? No, no paranormal investigator will ever have that answer. We're just gathering evidence to compile it together to maybe have some sort of foresight of what it is. I just want to be clear that, um, I, I appreciate what, like, appreciate that. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it like as a judgment or anything. I'm j- I was just curious because um, I felt like in some of the locations you got, you got quite a bit of evidence as well, at least EVP evidence. And, uh, and you did say that as far as like, oh, this place isn't haunted. So I was just curious as to what you consider a place being haunted. Um, because I, 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 like I said, I also despair. Well, I despise is, is, is a strong word, I guess, but I don't like it when people go into a place and they're taking pictures and they get like dust orbs, you know, and they're like, oh, this place is filled with orbs and stuff like that. Or, uh, you know, they, they something happens and it can be easily debunked and they're like, oh, this was this. And without even really trying to uh, debunk whatever it is that happened, you know what I mean? So. Well, no, I didn't, I didn't take it that way or anything like that. I have in the past, uh, from other paranormal investigators, like, you know, that place is haunted, right? And I'm like, no, I mean, I've heard it's haunted, but I can't say it's haunted. I've been there a couple of times. Uh, I've had, you know, a little experience here or there. I've gotten a couple EVPs, but I don't, I just don't feel the DVPs can, you know, constitute a haunting, you know, it's to me, it should, you know. Look at poltergeist. If you walk into a house and poltergeist is happening. Yeah. That, that place is haunted. Yeah. That's. I'm not going to use the restroom there. The toilet's spinning around. I'm going to go to the 7-Eleven. But um, like I said, there's been a few residentials that I've gone to that I can say that it's haunted. Uh, but at least 90% is just real paranormal activity. It's mild. Um, or, you know, that 10% is it's just the washing machine. There was a woman one time that said her angel turned. And we went over there and we set up our equipment and the angel never turned. But I started looking. Well, on the other side of the wall, it's where her washing machine is. So it was so easily to explain. And it's like, I'm, you know, and you, sometimes you feel bad because of the people that you're trying to help is like, this is what it is. It's my great grandmother. She's trying to tell me something. It's like, it's the washing machine, ma'am. I'm so sorry, but oh, no. <laughs> we can come back and investigate again. I'm more than willing to, I mean, um, not just being paranormal investigators, but sometimes we're, we're kind of social workers. There was an investigation that we got called to, and I started noticing things like holes in the wall. Um, just certain little things that kind of red flags start going off. And then we realized that the woman was in distress because she was in an abusive relationship. She didn't know how to get out. So she used us coming in as a way to kind of, Hey, I need some help. And we were, we were able to say, here's a phone number we'll contact. And we were able to, you know, get some help. And we, you know, we don't, talk a lot about that stuff but it's being a paranormal investigator you're not just an investigator you're you're a caseworker social manager occasionally from time to time during you know you get people who will call you and they'll get kids on not kids on halloween playing with ouija boards thinking they've summoned a demon or you get during thanksgiving time that the indians have put a teepee up in the living room and they're smoking the peace pipe or during Christmas, you get Elvis that's in the living room singing Blue Sway Shoes. And those are all real phone calls that we have gotten uh, from people who deal with paranormal activity. So it's, it's really, 
like I said, you're not just a paranormal investigator. You know, you do the fundraising stuff. You're kind of a social worker. You're an ear for other people that's having problems. And uh, you just you just try to be there for everybody who needs a little bit of help, paranormal or not. So have you ever gone into a place to investigate because somebody said, hey, this and that is happening, like you said. And then you do tell them, hey, look, I'm sorry. I didn't find anything, this and that. And then they get, like, upset at you and be like, oh, you know, yeah. I'll say this. Um, There is a location that I've investigated probably three times. And um, they work off of being haunted. And I don't believe they're haunted. I believe there is a lot of paranormal activity there. I believe other people have gotten evidence that they can say that, man, this place is haunted. Um, And I truly believe they were very unhappy that I had said that it was unhaunted. That, that it was not haunted, that, that there was paranormal activity there. It was residual. And the, they were just doing the things that they were doing every single day that when they were there on that location and they passed away. But yeah, it's, that's happened once or twice. And I, like I said, it's not something that I like to do. You know, I, I like to make everybody happy. You know, I do, but it, to me, it's a disservice yeah. to the field of the paranormal. It's a disservice to what we're trying to accomplish in the world of the paranormal. And, you just have to be honest because once you cross that line and you go, Oh, this place is haunted. And in your heart, you know, it's not, you're, you're selling out. And I yeah. don't want to be that. I don't, I don't know how far South Texas haunts will go. You know, we're in our second season. I, you know, it'd be nice one day discovery channel calls up and says, Hey, how are you guys doing? But um, no matter what, I want to be truthful and I want to be honest and I want to be a real paranormal investigator and just say, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to be that guy. You know, I'm not going to, if it's not haunted, it's not haunted, but I'm willing to come back time and time and time and time again. But just know that I may come back 90 times and still get the same type of evidence that, Hey, but it's still 90 times worth of fun investigating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can uh, appreciate that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel like, well, my question's kind of going to tie into this, but I mean, obviously, those of us who are either like studying the paranormal or b- believe in the paranormal, when we see shows that are kind of a little over the top, I mean, it's I guess it's fun for entertainment, but as far as like doing a disservice to the paranormal community and like and and trying to make this like a serious study versus like a pseudoscience and stuff, um, like how do you feel about shows? I, we we're just I think I might have actually cut it out of the episode completely, but we were talking about a show that's supposedly going to come out a paranormal yeah, show did. yeah i did i was because it got it got kind <sighs> of uh we probably yeah sketchy and i was like let's not piss people off um <laughs> but um uh, but because it was kind of an opinion that we had of like they, they want to make it a comedy paranormal like a ghost hunting show but yeah. a comedy and um there i i love lightheartedness in in tv shows but how, how do you feel about sh- trying to turn this topic into something funny when we're trying to make it serious serious i guess I th- yeah i think you could have i think you could have the best of both worlds i honestly do um this was actually brought up by the new uh editor that came in on the show because our former editor left and he had asked what about the cussing because we we don't try to cuss on the show i know like jason grant a few of the, the zach bagans they cuss every once in a while and i try not to but every once in a while something slips and it's funny you know we have blooper reels where we fall into stuff and 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 just have one of those moments like what are we doing i think you can have the best of both worlds and I, you know even you, you look at the movie ghostbusters 
there is comedy there, but there is that, that science part of it where it's like, okay, guys, it's time to be serious. It's joking's over. And I think you can have the best of both worlds, but just when you have those moments, you've got to let the audience know this is a gaff moment. Don't sit there and try to play it up as paranormal. Just like, you know what? I spooked myself. It happens, you know, or I stubbed my toe or I fell off of stairs and I'm not saying I did it, but maybe once or twice, but, um, it happens. But, uh, I really do think that you need to have lightheartedness in in a paranormal show. Everything doesn't need to be completely serious 24 seven, but the audience needs to learn that the audience needs to learn that it's not, you know, Oh, though they're just goofing around 24 seven. How can you take this serious? Well, if you're not having fun with what you're doing, why do you do it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, and the, oh, oh, I'll go ahead. Sorry. No. <clears throat> All three of us. Okay, just super quick. And, and I think that's part of the reason why I like cut it out completely because I was like, well, we haven't even seen the show yet. We're judging it before it comes out. Maybe they do do it in a tasteful way, I guess. But I just, I, we didn't, I guess we were thinking like we don't want it to come off as like a. This making is fun this of. Is fun. Yeah, or, making yeah. fun of. Yeah, I guess. I think when you go. You could make fun of yourself on an investigation. Don't make fun of the location or the spirits, but you can always make fun of yourself for getting spooked or doing something stupid. Cause we're, I, trust me, every paranormal investigator is guilty of doing something stupid. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think you could have the best of both worlds. I don't think it needs to be 24 seven serious or needs to have a laugh or two in there because, but, uh, you know, like Monty Python said about life, you just kind of, you know, take it as it goes. So, yeah, I think an, uh, another one of our fears, or like at least me, uh, is I'm afraid that, like Michelle said, it's just going to be, I think that I, I hope, you know, again, because we haven't seen it yet, I hope they're not going to be making jokes or setting things up for those comedic moments, you know just for just because just to get the the views and stuff like that because i at that point i do feel like like if it's something that happens naturally or like if you know they're A freaking reaction out to, yeah, yeah then yeah that's fine okay it's it's always fun to see that because sometimes like you said they do get too serious so we're like okay but what about when you like like we have another uh guest who's come on a few t- a couple times that he talks about uh how he is the biggest like scaredy cat or like he'll go to a place and then he reacts like really, you know, crazy to, to things that he sees or if he's touched and stuff like that. So if it's something like that, okay, cool. Like I, I don't mind seeing that. I don't mind laughing at that, but if you're setting stuff up to, you know, get those laughs, then that's where I feel like I would probably have an issue with it because at that point I feel like you are kind of making fun of, you know, this field rather than trying to move it or advance it. You know what I mean? Exactly. An an opposite end of the spectrum where they make it seem way worse than it actually is Mm -hmm. like that. It's demonic or it's like super duper haunted poltergeist activity. And it's like, yeah, like it really wasn't that bad, but they play it up. So any kind of possessed. a lot of, a lot of TV shows. When we did discovery channel stock by evil, it was, we went to a hotel, we went in there, we did interviews, and then we left. We didn't do, we didn't know anything else of what they were doing. And then once the show aired and how over, you know, dramatized it was, and it was like, where, where was I? You were being choked. Where was I? Wow. We didn't get that on camera. I mean, you just like, hey, I'm having trouble breathing. I was like, okay. Yeah. 
get out of there. It was it was calm. It was like, uh-huh. get out. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, mom, I think you need to get out of there right now. The demon's coming after you. You know, it's nothing like that. But, you know, I, I do wish that certain shows would take it serious, but also at the same time be real. No, you've been trying to drop that name. No, I've been trying not to drop the name. Oh, because not- every time... I mean, I'm I'm <clears throat> I'm sure by this point people already know, but I've yeah. been trying not to say. Uh, well, I already I said the name of the show, but I didn't say him specifically yeah. or <laughs> any other things that I've been talking about. But okay. it's it's interesting. Everything for 18 years has been interesting. It's it's been one wild ride, and I'm just curious where it's going to go next. Yeah. Well, uh, something that that kind of that I've been I've been thinking about or that you said was, uh, and now I feel like we have to ask all our guests this was that you don't want to be touched, but it was okay if, like, you saw an apparition or heard? Or, sorry, or you didn't like to hear, but you didn't mind being touched or seeing an apparition? The other way, I don't like being touched. Yes. Okay, I don't but know you don't... why. I guess because there's been too many times on investigations where I'm zoned in. Like, it's quiet. Nothing's going on. And then all of a sudden, you just get that, what was that? You're looking around. You're the only person there. You're like, uh, 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 uh. don't you do that? You can move <laughs> something, throw it at me. I don't care. But you're not gonna touch me. Do not touch me yet. If I tell you to touch me, touch me. Then I don't want to be touched. Yeah. Uh, because I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it. I will scream like a little girl. I will drop. I will drop those that <laughs> and just take off. Like you know, that. I don't like being touched. If I know it's coming or I'm asking for it, that's fine. But uh, yeah, being touched is something that's just been. I've had, I've got too many blooper reels that uh, I need to put on TikTok of me screaming like a little girl going na 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 you know, but I'm not afraid. A lot of people are like I don't ever do that. Come on, you're gonna tell me all this time that you have never screamed like a little girl in a place that Miss Scary. Yeah, I've done it. Laugh <laughs> it up. I don't care. I'm a man. I can admit this. <laughs> well, See, Rob, you're not the only one. <laughs> yeah, right. Rob, our, our friend Rob said the same thing. Or that's the person we were talking about earlier. That he's like, no, straight up, I will scream like a woman. Like I don't, <laughs> like he he will freak out. No but, shame. Yeah, I, he I has no a, shame. I will drop a four letter word and, and I'm gone. That's oh. it. I'm good. So then, so then you would rank it as like, don't touch me. I don't want to hear you. I don't mind seeing you or like what, what would that rate? Just the be? no touch. Everything else is, 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 is fair game. You know, I'll hear it. You can throw something at me, you know, just let me get it on camera. You know, I want to be able to have that evidence. Um, but yeah, I feel like they're just, when they're touching you, they're just trying to screw with you a little bit. You're, they're just trying to like, how you doing? Poking you. I'm not going to give you what you're looking for just yet, but uh, I'm gonna let you know I'm here. And uh, I can, like I tell a lot of people and what we do with our evidence. Um, a lot of people, and this is why we don't really use psychics or sensitives in our investigations, is um, if I set a chair in front of you and, this, and a psychic or sensitive said, there's someone in that chair and they're telling me this bit of information. But yet all my equipment's pointing at that chair and I'm running EVP, wireless, all, everything, and, but I don't get anything. It's not to say that they're wrong. I just can't take that evidence. And someone like y'all and be like, listen, here, check this out and corroborate what they're saying. Because at the end of the day, stories are stories. I can tell you stories all day long. But if I have something tangible that I can put in front of you and say, listen, see it, hear it, experience it, that's the evidence that people want to see. They they want to be able to see what you've seen. 
and be able to like relate to it and say, you know, I've had an experience like that. You know, it's always relatable when it comes to evidence and people. So we take that evidence, we put it out there and it's like, this is what we think, but I want to know what y'all think. And it's not about me being right or wrong that this is an apparition. 90, a hundred people can see the black bears apparition and 50 of them can say, no, it's just someone walking. I don't believe it. I'll take their word as anybody else. Like, okay, well, that's your opinion. That's great. Well, we're going to throw that at it too. But, you know, I want everybody to have their own opinion on it. I don't want to sit here like some ghost shows do. And they like, this is what it is. This is what you need to believe. Everybody needs to believe what they want to believe. Number one rule that I'll tell anybody wanting to be an investigator, always stay skeptical, question everything. I don't care what it is. Um, even my own evidence, I will say, you know what, this is honestly what I believe it is. But at the same time, I'm an investigator. I'm still questioning it. Still to this day, 18 years later, there's evidence that I was like, could it have been this? Could it have been that? But you know what? I'll throw it out there on the internet, in the interwebs and let the people decide. Yeah, I think, and I'll, and I'll say this every time we get an investigator on and they, and they say exactly what you just said is I think we've been very lucky to have investigators who have all had the same mindset about skepticism and, and like how being skeptical isn't a bad thing in this field. You know, you don't have to believe everything that you see, you know, and, and to question it is what scientists are supposed to do. They're not just supposed to get evidence and take that as fact. No, you're supposed to be skeptical, try and debunk it, try and, uh, you know, figure out if you can replicate it. And if you can, then obviously, okay, yes, there's something there. But if it's like a one-off thing, then I guess it's hard for you to be like, okay, yeah, this is, this is, I guess that goes back to the, this is haunted or, you know, this is this evidence type of thing. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know, a lot, I've, I've spoken with a lot of investigators and then had a lot of conversations and, you know, they're, I was like, oh, he's a professional paranormal investigator. I don't believe in professional paranormal investigators. There's nobody, the only way you can become a professional paranormal investigator is when it's your time and you're on the other side, then you know, and you have every answer to what's going on until then. We're just a group of people who are throwing stuff at a board, seeing what sticks and we're all sharing the evidence and technology and ideas and coming together to say, you know what? I was using this one audio recorder and I've gotten a little better results or, Hey, there's a parabolic microphone. If you mod this and this, you can pick up those lower frequencies. And that's the way the paranormal community needs to be, you know, because that's what it is. You can read all the books in the world and read everybody's opinion, but until you cross the other side, you're just, you're, you're walking in the dark and something that you don't understand. You will never understand and you can only get somewhat of a grasp of it while you're here on this earth to try to understand why and what and where and how this is happening. I feel like we have been truly blessed with investigators who are grounded and <laughs> like not, you know, are doing this for the right reasons. So I like it's it literally is so refreshing to hear you say these things. Um and granted I I mean if if you know, people who have been listening to our podcast, I know Eric and I will be like, oh my God, something spooky happened and there's a shadow and blah, blah, blah. And we like, I mean, we're going to talk about that, but I mean, I, I hope people know that like what you're saying, like, yes, this is, this is also like, we are like-minded in that way. So um, thank you for like putting that out there too. Always. 
And just to go back really quick, I think when Michelle had asked, uh, when we had first brought up the whole, you know, do you prefer to be touched or seen this and that? I think I said I prefer to be touched just because I can like it's like it's there and stuff like that. And when I see something, it startles me. I'm going to change my answer just because if I ever do go on an investigation at some point in my life, I don't want that to be an invitation for things to be touching me. So I'm going to change my answer and say, I do not want to be touched. It's a startling, startling experience. And and I think that's why it's like low on my list is just because I've never experienced it. So I feel like once I experience being touched, then I'd be like, no, you know what? That's priority. That's number one. Don't touch me. <laughs> but I haven't experienced that. So I can't, I guess, properly place I've, it. I've experienced it one too many times. Uh, the worst one being I actually had my headphones yanked off of my head. Oh, uh, no. We See, were much. <laughs> We were in uh, Taft, Texas. There's a house, and uh, it's a residential, and the family was experiencing a lot of demonic activity. Now, I do believe this house is haunted, and now you've, you've heard my definition, so you know that something had mm-hmm. to really go on there. Yeah. Um, we, we went there probably 10 times to this location, and the, the kids, um, their attitude started changing, like something changed them just to be unruly. And of course, a lot of times you start debunking that, like, well, they're teenagers are growing up. And then of course um, you start digging a little deeper with um, the sulfur smell, the um, finding out that there was a table there that they actually practiced witchcraft on and they were told to burn it. And it was the blackest smoke it had ever been Um, getting EVPs there. It says, no, you will not force me out. There was actually one night we were using parabolic microphones, which uh, for your listeners, parabolic microphones, we use them in the paranormal field because EVPs come in under the 300 megahertz range where our human ears can't hear it. So we use a parabolic mic to hear those low amp frequencies. And my tech assistant's across the room. He's quiet to himself. And he's got his hands together and I'm sitting there and I'm listening and I hear the name Constantine. And of course, there was one of those lighthearted moments like, oh, Keanu Reeves. I like that movie. It was pretty good. You know, chuckle, chuckle. And he goes, what did you say? I said, Constantine. He goes, come here. And he opens his hand and he had the medal of Constantine in his hand. He goes, I was oh. praying to myself. Oh, no. He goes, you wouldn't have known that. There's no way. I didn't say it out loud at all. So how would I have known? We've seen little girls. And then, of course, they brought a priest in to bless the house. And... uh we're sitting there and all of a sudden he's going a little heavy in the house and um, my headphones by the string just pull out and yank off my head. Um, my mom went in there. She was like, if you want me out of this house, you're going to have to force me out of this house. The room got hot, like super just, you start sweating and you felt that energy just trying to push you out of the house. There was just, there was something demonic there. Um, one night we're in a bedroom and all of a sudden it was like, we were blasted with citrus. And then here goes the history. We do the history search. Well, it was was an orchard there at one time, Mm -hmm. but there was a lot of witchcraft and Wiccan stuff that was practiced within that house. And, uh, they moved out shortly. And after they had moved out, of course, if you watch the paranormal movies, they move out and they live happily ever after, after the kids go back to being normal and stuff like it's Amityville kind of stuff. And, uh, but it was a really interesting investigation and I know I'm missing a whole bunch of stuff because like I said, we've been there like nine, 10 times, but it was just every time there was evidence, every time it was hateful, every time you, 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 you just knew you didn't want to be there. You know, it was, they didn't want you there. 
So that kind of actually sort of brings me to one of my questions of, and maybe this was it, but did you ever have an experience that almost made you want to quit being a paranormal investigator? Like it was, or maybe it just kind of took you a little while to get back into it because it was like that traumatizing. It was scary. I can't say it did. I mean, um, I can't think of one investigation that made me go, yeah, this is, I've, I've had enough. Uh, the only way, the only thing I can say where it maybe had enough was we at one time were doing like three investigations a week. I mean, it was that we were so busy that we had to split our group up into two groups just to cover the South Texas area. Wow. And it was just, I couldn't keep up with, with everything. And it got tiring. It got tiring quick because well, you're doing that throughout the year and then ghost tours hit. And then you would do a Saturday and Sunday ghost tour and then maybe a public paranormal investigation. It, I it, I got burned a little bit, burned out a little bit on it just from the, the blowing and going of things. But as far as investigations, um, no, it, I, it would always leave me questioning more, wanting to go back and see what's going on. So when you do investigate places, um, is it is it places that are inviting you to come investigate or is it places that you reach out to ask, hey, can we investigate your place, you know, your uh uh, it's both. both. Uh, we we get people. Uh, there was a historical location in Galveston that just contacted us, and uh, we're going to be featuring them on an episode of South Texas Haunts. And uh, we have a few residentials, so it's it's kind of we have our dream locations. Uh, Amityville hasn't answered us back yet. That's an email that we love putting out just to see if one day they say yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, we I like to look at places that normally people wouldn't think of paranormal activity. And now with having the television show aspect of stuff, you know, everybody's still trying to recoup from COVID, you know, the locations, historical locations and restaurants and businesses. And uh, we look at places that may not be known to be haunted, but it's kind of like, you know, hey, maybe let us come in. It's a way for to let people know what's going on. And if we can find something great, if not, you know, it's a little it's also some exposure to try to help you know, historical locations that people may have forgotten about the last two years, you know, trying to give back just a little bit more to keep a lot of these places open and going. And, you know, times have gotten tough. Yeah. yeah. The reason, the part of the reason why I ask is because uh, the university that I went to down here in Brownsville, uh, it's, uh, it's built on the old fort, Fort Brown. <laughs> and, uh, I, I don't know if anybody's ever investigated. I know there's, I think, a professor that wrote a book about some paranormal stuff. So I, I need to try and find him and reach out and see if he would ever want to come on That'd here to talk awesome, about it. Yeah. Um, but, I, like, I personally feel like there's stuff that's happened because I used to work for the newspaper there. And uh, I remember this one time one of our reporters went to go speak with the president of the university. And she was doing an interview in the in the president's office. And um, we, well, I mean, we had tape recorders because that's what we used to, or that's what the reporters used uh, to do the interviews. And then they would, that's where they would get their quotes and stuff like that. So she's interviewing the, um, the president and on the, the recorder at some point where there's a pause between uh, the reporter's question and the president's answer, you can hear a male voice. Mind you, the president and the reporter were both female, so you can hear a male's voice on the tape recorder in the president's office. And I'm not sure if the president's office is around the morgue area or around uh, where they like the, the 
one of the the buildings where they had the soldiers. Um, but you can hear a male's voice on the tape uh, or on the recording. And then I know when we used to stay late on, I believe it was Thursdays, uh, we would have stuff happen there in the, where we would, you know, where we would, where we worked at the newspaper, um, like lights going out, computers, like we just completely go out, uh, only in that room and stuff like that. I mean, obviously other people have had a lot of experiences supposedly in the library, um, and in other buildings, uh, in what used to be like the main area of, of the fort and stuff like that. So, I've always like been interested to see if somebody, you know, if, oh, I guess it would be down to the university too, whether they want to let somebody come in and investigate and stuff like that. But we've definitely reached out to a couple of universities and, uh, cause they do have some historical and, uh, paranormal places. Um, they, we've never, they've never gotten back with us. So it's, it's one of those, uh, you keep trying and hopefully one day the, the door will open and you can send out 10 emails and, nine of them's no but sooner or later one's gonna be yes the other day i was um at my dad's house and let's just say there's been experiences that everybody's had there but for whatever reason this day i was i was sitting in the table in the spot that i usually sit at when i'm trying to do my notes and stuff and like they asked me to go wait for something to get there or whatever and uh, <clears throat> i was i was doing my notes and I decided to put a recorder down on the table. And mind you, I haven't listened back because I'm afraid of what I'm going to oh hear. Uh, so I still need to listen to it. But I left it there for a little bit without asking any questions for a while. Then I asked a couple questions and then I stopped. And then there was this one point where I just I don't know why, but I decided to ask either something along the are you is somebody here with me or who are you or something like that and then a couple seconds like passed i'm not i'm not even talking i don't think it was even 10 seconds it might have been less than that but my dot my dad's dog started going nuts and and she usually like if, if she hears a doorbell ring she'll go crazy if she hears like the lawn man outside there was no law the, the the guy that cuts the grass was not outside nobody had rung the doorbell yet but she just started going crazy and so i was like wow did she hear something that i didn't or but again i haven't gone back to listen to the the recording so i'm interested to see if there's anything on there that is my number one rule never investigate where you lay your head or where you live <laughs> i uh one time i was testing out some new equipment some audio sensitive equipment because i build a lot of my own equipment and uh it was shortly after a friend of mine had passed away. He had took he took his own life, and uh, I was testing out the equipment. And I'm sitting there in my office, and I hear his voice come across the audio. I stopped it real quick. I didn't even play it back. I erased it and said, "Nope, I'm done. I will test this in the field, and that'll be good enough for me." So, because uh, I think, you know, at the end of the night when you're packing up the equipment and you're getting all the gear loaded up. You know, I always, you know, say a little prayer, you know, saying you got to stay here. Don't follow me, you know, because when I come through my door, that's where you leave. You know, work stays there. You don't bring it home. So I, I like to sleep peacefully at night um, because there's been times where I feel like something has followed me home and trying to make communication. It's like, no, nah, I will never set up an audio recorder. I will never do any of that stuff where I lay my head. Nope. 
Why well, I don't lay my head there, so that's probably why I did it. <laughs> <laughs> totally um, understandable. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Um, I, I and I get what you're saying. That was actually going to be one of my questions. Is is there anything that you do to try and like protect keep yeah protect yourself while you're in the field? But like you said, at the end is when you say your prayer and you you know let them know that they have to stay there. Uh, well, um, this is where it always becomes that gray area with paranormal investigators. Um, I mean, at one time at a ghost tour, a woman told me I was going to burn in hell for what I did, uh, doing paranormal investigating, questioning God. And it's like, I'm never questioning God. And the religion plays a lot into that whole thing when you're a paranormal investigator. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe in God. I have faith. Um, but when it comes to investigating, you know, I do carry a cross in my wallet. I was given to me a good friend after my dad had a heart attack and I've, I've carried it ever since. Um, but when I'm investigating, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like being a sheriff. You know, when you, when you come off the field, you put your gun away and you just kind of, you know, you're done. So when you go on an investigation, you're there for a scientific reason. So you kind of separate that for that, that time. And when it's over and you're done, you know, you strap your gun back on, you kind of like, it's time, you know, to get back out in the field. And, uh, you just say, you know, say a prayer. It's like, you know, I hope you find peace. I hope that I can give answers to someone that you're hoping for, but please, you know, don't follow me home, you know, and, and say just that, that prayer to yourself because everybody in the group has different, you know, thoughts and processes when it comes to that. And I don't like encroaching on anybody's beliefs or anything. I just keep them to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I support everybody who, whatever their belief is, it comes through the doors of CCSC. Um, but, uh, that's what I do. You know, I just say a small little prayer because, you know, there's a reason why those spirits are there for whatever it is. If it was a tragedy or not knowing where to go after this or something like that, but I just don't want them to follow me. <laughs> yeah, uh, of course not. And, and I get that too. Like I've, I've heard, I mean, I wasn't told I'm going to burn in hell, but it's like, it's I was fine. on a That's ghost fine. tour and this woman came up to me and she's like, I don't know if you know this or not, but you know, you're going to die a horrible death and you're going to burn in hell for what you do. And that moment of, I'm like, but you're on a ghost tour. Okay. That's going to be my question. I was like, um, but when you have those moments, you smile and you say, okay, ma'am. And you just go on about your business. You just, you don't say anything else because that's their opinion. And, uh, it is what it is. You can't change people's opinions about certain things, but you sure can question certain things where it's like, you're on a ghost tour, man. So yeah. why are you here? You know? Yeah. Uh, I would have, I would have wanted to ask that. Or like it, had I been like a, another participant in the ghost tour, I'd been like, but why are you like that? That is just going to be nagging me now. Well, like, it's not the first is- time. Uh, I do a haunted house here in Corpus Christi called Paranormal Fear Haunted House. And um, I own a hearse. I actually own two hearses. One is a 1962 Miller Meteor Ambulance. And of course, if you have seen the movie Ghostbusters, it is the car. It's not That's a 59, awesome. but hey, but I'm making it into the Ghostbuster car. And I have a 90 hearse that I use for promotions. And we were doing some promotion shots. And this guy goes, you know, you playing around with that stuff. You're going to go to hell for it. And I'm like, I'm literally raising money for autistic children. And, and you're telling me, okay, I'm, 
if I if I am doing so wrong by helping raise money for local charity organizations, then fine, I'll take that on. I'll take that lick when the time comes. But I'm pretty sure I'm not. Yeah. But you you get people like that from time to time. It's crazy. It's crazy to me. And again, like we've we've talked about this, and and you know, I'm not trying to bash anybody, but I just feel like when people use their religion to you know condemn other people or stuff like that, that that really irks me. I'm like. I just want everybody to believe what they want to believe, you know, be happy, you know, just peace, love and positivity, man. That's all we need. Like, we don't need to be telling each other, oh, you're going to hell because you're doing this. It's like pretty much I've had I've had preachers. I've had Catholic priests. I've had a lot of clergymen that has come up on tours or just in public and they recognize me or whatever. And they were like, Oh, we believe you won't believe some of the things that we've seen. And he's like down in Mexico, you know, exorcisms. He goes, they're real. Because mm-hmm. I've I've seen things that I can't explain, but he can't like go into detail. I'm like, you know, you get that moment of, okay, we well, were talking about it. What happened? What happened? Come on, you know, I've seen Constantine that jumps out of a mirror, or whatever. Come on, tell me, tell me. Like, we don't talk about it. We can't talk about. it. I can just tell you it's real, but I can't. I can't give you details. And it's like, wow, you know, what what do you say when you have a man of the cloth telling you that this stuff is real, that he has seen it? You know, you know they're not lying. You know that they're they're just being genuinely honest with you. And like you know what you're doing and what you have done. You know you have a pure heart. You know and continue on what you're doing. And, uh, and to me, those are those moments where it's like a little bit of you know like a nod. You know, saying I got to be doing something right and all this. Yeah. Yeah, and see for me, like what I've what I've experienced again. It's not the whole oh you're going to hell, but it's like. Oh, you're talking about this stuff. You're gonna attract negative things, or you're gonna attract thing attract things that you don't want. And it's like, well, don't put that on me. First of all, yeah. Uh, second of all, I mean, I do try and do a prayer before you know, uh, before we do the before the. Uh, sorry, I can't speak now. Before we record the the podcast, I try and do a little prayer or stuff like that to try and you know, make sure everything goes good. Apparently it's not working as far as not having technical difficulties. Well, but. <laughs> I was about to say it's because I'm not over here doing any prayers or lighting any Palo Santo or anything. So, <laughs> and I know it's my internet. That's a problem. So maybe I need to start. Uh, Get some candles. Prayer. Rain candles yeah. Lots of candles. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. So I but guess. It's... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, I was going to, I was going to tell her to ask a question, but uh, okay. But no, go I ahead and answer. I don't remember what I was going to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, no, it's all good. The, the last question Questions. that we ask, or hold on. Yeah. But there was. Uh, well, else? okay. I, yeah, I, I actually did have one more question before I asked that. Um, right. But since you're talking about like helping people and, um, and whatnot, like what has been, I guess, the most profound experience or, or place that you have uh, investigated that you're able to you know, help someone and, and, you know, made a connection and there is healing. You know, I asked you what the worst experience that maybe you had, like that was traumatizing. What was like the complete opposite of that, where I was just like, this is what, what I, why I do what I do moment. If you know, I would have to say, uh, heritage park and it would go to ghost tours. Um, when we started doing the ghost tours down at heritage park, of course, all the money from our ghost tours. I mean, I think on one night we did over a thousand people in one night um okay. and the condition that we had kind of worked out was is during christmas time uh i would get to do a toys for tot drive and 
they would have to, in order to go on the ghost tour, they would have to bring a new uh, uh, unwrapped, unused toy as an entry fee to get into the ghost tour. And uh, I have this picture of the table, and it is just filled with toys. And I remember at the end of the night, and uh, I teared up a little bit because I knew that because of this field and the wonderful people that I've come across and all the experiences and all of everything that I've done out of all these years, that the greatest thing from this night, this moment that on Christmas morning, there's going to be a child. It doesn't matter if it's a $5 toy or a $10 toy, but they're going to be able to unwrap something. And that's going to bring joy, not just to one person, but to a bunch of kids. And that was that moment of, this is why I do what I do. That is just knowing that those kids are going to have a gift on on Christmas. It's worth every bit of every hour of every second of every investigation and everything. And that's what, you know, I tell everybody, you know, all 18 years ago when I came up with that name, Corpus Christi Spook Central, I never knew where it would take us. I honestly thought it would only last six months. And my mom would have that moment of, oh, I did it and that's it. But um, it's now 18 years and I have helped raise money for the Ronald McDonald house. I have helped raise money for Campfire USA uh, historical homes like the Berkler mansion in Berkler, Texas uh, historical homes uh, at heritage park, like new roofs and new porches. And of course uh, we do stuff with special hearts in the arts and uh, all those kids. And now we incorporate doing stuff with Santa. So it's, it's it's to me it's no longer just a paranormal group it's not just a tv show it's kind of just a group of people that comes together to investigate the paranormal and try to leave this world a little bit of a better place before it's our time to have all the answers i'm not even exaggerating like my heart is literally smiling right now like i love i love that like because it's i mean I don't know i i love when things that are associated with like negativity or evil or whatever bring beauty and like light into the world and if you know me personally, you know, like what I do and how I whatever. And and that's kind of like my mission or my goal. So the fact that you're taking something that's like, oh, paranormal, ghosts, like spooky, scary, evil, whatever. And you're bringing beauty into this and, and you're helping your community and, and you're bringing all this love and light to it. And so sorry, like, again, like I said, I was going to get emotional earlier when you're like saying all these other things. It just... Uh, I have like a smile on my face. I know nobody can see it, but I just, that makes me so happy to hear it. So thank you. Uh, for was, Yeah. It made me mean, thank you so much for the compliments. It's like I said, I never in my wildest dreams, but uh, I will continue to keep doing this and giving back as long as I can. And uh, I can't wait to see where the next 18 years go. And I hope you get that and plus and and then some because, yeah, from what I've heard so far of what you do, yes, the community needs it. And yes, keep going (laughs) for sure. Definitely. All right. So before we give you an opportunity to, uh, you know, promote anything else that maybe we might have missed, we do always ask this last question to to round it off because Eric and I have this ongoing uh, competition or poll, I guess you should say. But uh, Eric. Do you want to ask the question? No, you go ahead. I feel like I asked it last time. Are you sure? All right. Well, <clears throat> the question that we always ask is, or it's a variation of, 
how do you feel about Ouija boards or would you ever use one, uh, you know, either in an investigation or just in, in, in general? Okay. Then this is going to be a very <laughs> interesting answer. Um, on investigations, no. I have to say no to on investigations, just out of respect. And I think, I do think you can bring something into this world through a Ouija board. I've heard too many stories uh, and it's heard too, about too many experiences. But being a paranormal investigator, I would love to set something up to where we set all the cameras up, we have a session and able to use the equipment with the le- with kind of the legend of a Ouija board and just see if there is some type of correlation, if you get a word on the Ouija board, but you can also get it on audio. So to me, I have a lot of questions about it, but not on investigations. Investigations is not a place for a Ouija board. It's, it's a lot of people will go to toy stores or Walmart. I think you still buy them at Walmart or spirit yeah. store, a Ouija board. Um, I'm going to date myself. And last time I saw one was at toys R us, but um, <laughs> it's okay. We're, we're up there with you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm not having good company then. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't think a Ouija board on an investigation, but I do, it does intrigue to the point of mixing science with that, that the unknown of that Ouija board is if there's something there, because there is so much history of, you know, dating back uh, to the 1800s with Ouija boards and stuff like that. And how they try to communicate with the dead and, I think there's something there, but just, I would love the right situation where I'm not involved in it. We get a group of people who aren't paranormal investigators to sit down, do their thing. And we do our thing behind the scene and see what evidence we can get while they're messing with it. That would be interesting. That would be. And if you do do that, please let us know so we can like watch it or hear about it. It's on my bucket list of things to do. I just, uh, my fiance, she messed with the Ouija board one time when she was younger, got an answer. She threw it out the window. My mom, when she was pregnant with me, messed with the Ouija board and she asked, what was she having? It said, boy, well, 38 years later, here I am. Um, So they're not too keen on it. But like I said, being a paranormal investor, I question everything. I have to. It's just, it's in my blood to be curious and you know always remain curious about anything and everything it's like a piece of equipment that we use is called an ovulus and basically that ovulus is a, a, a word generated uh, device where spirits can manipulate the energy to say certain words it's a digital ouija board it's what it is if you really look at it it's a yeah. digital ouija board so we do kind of use it on the, the same aspect as a paranormal investigator in, in the digital world but you know i look at ouija boards being more analog Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Who did, Didn't we talk to somebody who's kind of said something similar where it was like a Ouija board. It just takes so long to get that answer when I could just like, uh, was it one of the mediums that we had? I, like, I think I so. Just, right. Like they're like, what, why would I like T9 text it when I could just get a, it, yeah, a I know phone exactly. call or something like, I know you know, exactly something along those is. lines. Yeah. I think with I think with the Ouija board, it de- it depends on the energy of the people who are yeah. around it. Amen. That's what I say. <laughs> For versus you have like a, an ovulus and stuff like that. Um, that is manipulating the energy that's around you, not the actual individual holding it. So that's mm-hmm. always been my distinction between Ouija boards, and I'm always willing to hear anybody else's opinion when it comes to them. Um, I just, you know, like I said, during Halloween, we usually get a few phone calls of kids messing with Ouija boards, thinking they unleash demons. And next thing you know, the monster squad's coming after them. So that's hilarious. That would be me probably, honestly. (laughs) 
that would be those kids. Were you, did you find out who Eric? So Troy. Like, was it Troy? I think I think it was Troy. I want to say it was Troy. Oh, it was. It was. It was. Sorry, I was thinking. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, so some somebody else, you know, that we had on kind of when we asked this question said the same thing. Like, why would I use a Ouija board like T9 text when I could just, but yeah, he's yeah. a whole different situation. Because that also <laughs> definitely sounds like something he would probably say. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, So that was supposed to be the last question, but I had been, and I had, I had been meaning to ask this earlier, but have you ever, or, uh, or what do you think about the Estes method? The what? Estes method. I actually haven't heard of that. Really? Yeah, I have not heard of that. What? What is? It school me a little bit. What is this? Okay, so the Estes method is where you take the spirit box, mm-hmm. but you have somebody listening to the spirit box like with headphones. with headphones oh. on, and then and yeah, and blindfolds. So then, so it takes two people. So then the the person that's blindfolded with the headphones on, listening to the spirit box, doesn't know what the the other person is asking. So the other person starts asking questions and then the person uh, that is listening to the spirit box just starts whatever they hear. hear. Yeah. Whatever they hear, they start saying it. So sometimes people will like, for example, you'll ask a question and then the person that is listening to the spirit box will respond to to what you just asked. But there's no way for them to know what you just asked because they're listening to the spirit box and they're blindfolded. I have seen this on TikTok. Okay. I've seen a few investigators. I've never heard of the, what they actual call it, but I've seen it on, on TikTok. Um, to me, uh, I would be a little skeptical of it. If the person's in the other room doing it and I'm a distance away from them where you have someone monitoring it at the same time, then yeah, that's that to me, that would be pretty interesting to do. Um, but from what I've seen, like on TikTok and stuff like that, the person's right there in the same room. And unless you, you know, the only headphones that I've ever found that is 110% noise canceling, and this is going to sound funny. Uh, you take a set of uh, shotgun earmuffs and you actually cut up headphones and you stick them on the inside and then you close it because those shotgun headphones are meant to, you know, protect your ears from shotgun blasts. So it totally zeroes out all noise that's around you. So you can't hear anything. So if you're using something like that with that, then yeah. But if you're using just noise canceling like beats or something like that, you're still going to hear a little something. It's not going to be 100% completely noise canceling and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, but that's just the paranormal investigator in me, but I have seen that. I do find it interesting. Yeah. Um, I might have to add that to my list to try it in a, in, in a little different way on the next investigation. Yes. I yeah, was about I mean, to say that. Yeah. <laughs> def- definitely do. doing it the way that you, you said would, I think, cause I think I, I'm, I'm a gamer. So like when I've seen guys like on uh like they're playing and stuff like that in tournaments and stuff, what they do is they actually have little headphones that go inside. That's like molded to their ear. And yeah. then on top of that, they have headphones with noise canceling, like with uh, white noise. Mm-hmm. So they can't hear anything. Like they're not supposed to be able to hear the crowd or anything that maybe would give them cues or whatever. So they're only listening to each other on the game. Yeah. Um, so something like that. And I want to say that what uh, West Virginia, uh, I don't remember if they were in the same room or if he was like in the next room. I, I don't remember. I, like I would need multiple to... people in the room, but I don't know if the person asking the question was in this. In the same. same room. I feel like they were though. 
Okay. Or that's usually how it's done is that everyone's in the same room, but supposedly they can't hear anything. Yeah. It's and, just kind of hard when you're not in that situation and you're not there and it's kind of, you know, like with TikTok, a lot of the TikTok stuff's about getting the hits, the views, the entertainment yeah. virtue of it and everything. But to me, if you do something like that, you know, put them in the other room, really good headphones, then see what type of evidence you get. Because if they're not in the same room, I mean, you can also say the vibration of someone talking. If you're taking away the senses of your eyes and your ears, your other senses heighten tremendously. So, I mean, like there's another TikTok where this guys are wearing he- shotgun head muffs and the wife is asking him questions and they're having to answer it what they think the question is. And of course it's hilarious, but it goes to show that they can still hear a little bit because some of the answers they get is a little bit and then they kind of go off a little bit with it. But I've never heard of the actual terminology of, of it before. Thank you for, uh, you know, schooling me on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you if you do ever do it, uh, let us know for sure. We I would love to see what kind of. Uh, well, I think I have I have an investigation coming up for the television show, and because you guys brought it up, yes. the next investigation we awesome. do for South Texas Haunts, we're going to feature that on the show. Awesome. That's going to be awesome! Yes. I can't wait. <laughs> so, well, you guys want to know that you guys helped play put that in place, and we're going to test it scientifically and see what's going on with that. Um, That's excited amazing. Yeah. Well, then, since we're talking about TV shows and promotion, what what else would you like to promote, or if you want to kind of repeat things that maybe we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, um, so people can find you and and check out your uh, your organization and everything. Uh, well, if you want to check out our organization, we're on TikTok, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on, we're on every social media that's out there at South Texas Haunts and. Uh, you know, follow along on the adventure of just a ragtag group of family members that's into the world of the paranormal and exploring places that no one would ever really think to possibly see paranormal activity from. And, uh, you know, like I said, we signed up with Scripps Media. Uh, this is our second season. If you guys want to check out season one, uh, they graciously allowed us to post it on our YouTube channel at South Texas Haunts and uh, some pretty interesting episodes and you know, it's, it's, it's been a wild ride, uh, so far and, uh, we're gearing up for a few more investigations and for our live on Halloween, hopefully Halloween Eve. I want my Halloween this year. <laughs> I want to enjoy my Halloween. Yes. And if we are in South Texas, where can we watch? You said you're on TV, right? Yeah. We're on television with like the CW, uh, KRA, Chris six, KDF, um, I don't have all the lists of state. We come out on so many stations and we're working on uh, expanding. Um, we've been trying to get enough episodes uh, for it to be, to go out to other networks and stuff like that. So that's what we're working on now. And uh, we've got a really great crew of uh, people who come out and film. They can't be there all the time. So I've, uh, I've learned a little here and there about filming uh, kind of uh, ghost adventure style, which is I'm having a lot of fun with that. And uh like I said, we got a great group and crew that follow us around and put up with me all the time. So they deserve every bit of, I am not worthy. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're mostly South Texas. We are, like I said, working hard as we can to, to grow it bigger, to be more Texas based all over the place. So that is our, that is our goal over the next year. That's awesome. And so on the, just real quick on the CW, is it, 
locally to Corpus or does it come down to like Brownsville? Because I'm in Brownsville. So if I it is, I, I think it is. I really do. I like I said, uh, get with Shauna. She's got the list of all that stuff. Uh, she's a technical person. I'm just told where to be to look good and just do what I know what to do. So, <laughs> so uh, I leave all the other stuff up to her. But uh, like I said, it's, it's like my South Texas CW. Uh, Chris six KDF. Um, and then they throw us on all the time at different places on different networks that the, that, that scripts owns. So it's kind of, I'll get phone calls like, you know, you're on TV, right? I'm like, oh. no, I'm not. It's not time yet. And then like, Oh no, no, you're on TV. And I'll go turn it to a different channel. I'm like, Oh, I'm on TV. Right. Okay. So <laughs> he's like, I don't no, like, I'm... I don't like, I don't like watching myself on television. I don't I like hearing don't. myself, but then I'm I same way. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like, same I, way. I, I sit around like, did I say that? Should I have said that? Yeah. I don't know if I should say that. It's a little too late. I said it. Well, we're going to roll with it. Okay. See, but that's why mm. I cut like about 15 minutes of our previous episode. Cause we just, I was like, no, this is not going to sound good for other people. They are super cool about letting us uh, for people in Texas, because we are trying to grow that we uh, will go live on TikTok with episodes or Facebook. Um, it's usually about 30 days after it airs on television. So it gives it time for it to have the maximum play to get the numbers on TV. And then when it goes into reruns, we'll throw it out there. And uh, so everybody in Texas gets to see it and enjoy it and uh, hopefully grow the brand a lot more because there's so much more that I really would love to do with South Texas haunts and um, not just with our group, but be able to start doing other things with other groups and expanding and just bring the paranormal field together like it's never been together before. I think that would be a really cool and interesting way of just opening the field up to every view and just people realizing they're not alone, that there is something strange in the neighborhood and who are you going to call? <laughs> so. Ghost, I know. No, well, uh, we, well, I think I can speak for both of us saying that we both love, we, we loved having you on, um, uh, that you were able to, that you, that you sent that invite and that you were able to come on in such short notice. Uh, I yeah. really appreciate it. Um, for some reason, you know, like I said, we needed a guest, you sent that invite. So it all synchronicities, it all worked out. For sure. Uh, we really appreciate you. And I mean, we loved having you on. We loved everything. This, this has been a really great experience. And uh, in all honesty, this is my very first podcast being a part of a guest. I've never been a guest on a podcast before. So you guys are the first. Awesome. Um, so this has been an amazing time. And definitely you guys have set the bar extremely high for whoever comes along next and says, hey, will you be on my podcast? I'm like, yeah, I don't know if you can hold a candle to them. I'm sorry. <laughs> <I> but, <hope> so. <laughs> but it's been an honor. Thank you guys so much. I hope. Um, I haven't bored you guys too much. So not, not at all. all. Not no. at all. Yeah. Well, all right, guys. That was our interview with Monty Prescott from Corpus Christi Spook Central. Well, I mean, like you guys heard me say multiple times in the episode, especially towards the end there, it was a, a huge pleasure having him on. And, and it was just, it was great conversation, um, great information too. And, and he was, yeah, a super awesome guest to have on. I was really excited. Yeah. And, and, and like I've said on the episode and before we've, so far we've been really lucky to have um, really Love good. That. Yeah, like 
level-headed. I, I don't know how to say it or how to describe it, but just really good paranormal investigators. We haven't really had anybody who's like super like, oh, the evidence mm-hmm. I find is... It. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it, it was a good episode. Had a great time talking to him. Actually, when uh, at the very end, Michelle cut out again, and uh, when we were like just we were done with the episode, and we were just you know saying goodbye to to Monty and everything, and uh, Michelle ended up cutting out, and and me and him talked for a little bit, uh, for another maybe fifteen minutes, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it sucks <laughs> that you're never a part of those. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you guys would like to contact us, check out our website at webelievedyou.com. On the website, there's a tab where you can find all our social media. So make sure to go like, follow, and share on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. There's also a listen tab where you can listen to the podcast directly on our website or click the link to your favorite site to listen to podcasts, such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, which helps us move up the ranks so more people can find us. And don't forget to leave a review as well, which we'll read on the podcast. If you want any of our merch, feel free to check out our merch tab where you can find a variety of designs on t-shirts and hoodies designed by Michelle herself. There's also a donate button if you really want to help us out. And finally, if you all want to reach us besides DMing us on social media, you can click on the contact us tab where you can write in telling us that you want to be interviewed. We can keep you anonymous and only share the information that you want to share. You can also send in your stories for our stories of high strangeness. And if you send them in in Spanish, we can translate that for you as well. So don't be shy, guys. Share your stories with us because we believe. Do you? Do you?